Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today I'm interviewing Michelle McDonald for the first time. She is a WBFF competitor and competes at a very high level with a pro card. She also has her Wonder Woman official coaching, uh, which she works through and has helped thousands of women get into amazing shape and is the founder of Tulum Strength Club over in Tulum. And we talk a lot about kind of developing muscle and losing fat and getting in fantastic shape for the older female 40 plus and how she helped her mother uh, of 70 years old get into the best shape of her life so if that sort of content sounds interesting to you be sure to listen in let's get into it Hi guys, welcome to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall. And today I have Michelle McDonald on the podcast. I think many of you hopefully recognize the face or you'll recognize the voice or maybe the name. And if you don't, you're in for a treat because we're going to be touching on some stuff that I think is unique uh, and hasn't been touched on the podcast before. And I think Michelle has a really valuable message and she's a great spokesperson as well and uh, a great talker I, i've heard and i've seen also on instagram that's where i really found out about michelle uh, she is a wbff she was the wbff 2020 usa champion i know you've been competing with the wbff for quite a while um, i think many of the listeners will be aware of what that is uh, she was the founder, is the founder of the tulum strength club uh, gym uh, in tulum of course and i'm always gutted that I have visited Tulum and I didn't venture over that way. Uh, so I must, I just was completely ignorant to everything that was going on over there. Um, and the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman official uh, kind of uh, owner of that as well, which is a coaching service, which maybe some people have heard of. And I know Michelle is a Revive Stronger listener as well, which is always lovely. Um, and like, it says a lot about a person, I think, when they tune into this show already. So I'm really glad that uh, we can have this chat and we can talk a bit more, but I'll hand over the mic to you, Michelle, because I know there's a lot more about you uh, and your background to what I described there. So yeah, let the listeners know a little bit about you and how you got to where you are right now, almost like it's a, probably a long story, but <laughs> maybe give us a, a bit of a summary or the, the kind of the, the highlights. Um, all right, let's, let's give a highlight of the highlights. Um, <laughs> You know, when you get to be 50, it's uh, it, the, the, the journey is, can be really, really long-winded. Um, I think, you know, for, first I would, I would just kind of say that I got into to, to bodybuilding um, when I was 40. And um, I had spent 10 years, you know, really throwing myself into, into yoga. I competed in yoga. I know oh, that's wow. odd to people. But, um, and I've been an athlete my whole life. But when I was, I was 40, um, I kind of, you know, 39, actually, I was sort of looking around me at a lot of the advanced yogis and, you know, we're doing all this yoga and, um, you know, we kind of pride ourselves in, you know, not eating because we're always doing yoga. And I thought, gosh, you know, I, I'm not really liking how the body's aging um, here. Uh, like I'm putting all this effort and I'm doing my prana breathing and, you know, manifesting energy and all that stuff. But I feel like I'm, I'm, my body is disappearing, right? And I went to a show, um, it was an NPC show, uh, Jay Cutler Classic, I think in Boston, and uh, to support my a girlfriend of mine, and she had lost 20 pounds, and um, she was competing as a bikini model, she looked beautiful. And I'm at this show, and I'm looking at all these girls, um, they were younger, mind you, like, you know, 20, 20, I was 
uh, they were much younger than me. But I'm looking at all these girls and I'm thinking they're doing something because they all kind of look the same. They've all got these, you know, they've got tone and shape and abs. And so that really interests me. Um, so I, I actually worked with her coach um, and it was just a really simple online program, 65 bucks a month and really safe sort of generic meal plan. Uh, it was my first time following the meal plan. Um, and, uh, you know, the typical egg whites and two strawberries and some green peppers yeah. and oatmeal. And I actually started, I was already um, a chef at the time. And uh, I, I, I just finished you know, graduating from a culinary school in New York. And, and I said, I can't eat. I can't eat that kind of food. I'm a foodie. I was a foodie. That's where my name, Your Healthy Hedonistic, came from, actually. It's from my, oh. my passion for, for food. So before I knew about um, macros and all that stuff and, and if it fits your macros, and, and I, I said, listen, how much protein, carbs, and fat do you want me to eat? And I'll, I'll hit that um, uh, based on you know, my, my cooking. So I was eating, I was eating um, like filet mignon with a balsamic uh, butter sauce and mushrooms and all kinds of weird and wonderful things during my, during my, my prep. So I got started on, on macro-based uh, meal planning that way. Um, and I just fell in love. I fell in love. I felt like that was the missing link. I fell in love with bodybuilding. I fell in love with um, the guidance um, on nutrition, this idea of dosing at your body, you know, every two to three hours of protein. Um, it instantly made a big difference because we didn't really, you know, from a yoga background, we really didn't think of protein. Um, we didn't think of macros in general. It was just, you know, eat and um, um, be as flexible as possible. Uh, so being 40 and started to introduce more protein, um, I think I've always been eating around 130, 140, 150 grams of protein. I was 104, 104 to 106 pounds when I started. Um, it just really made a difference. Um, my body responded super well and kind of a, you know, ecto-meso uh, body type, which is, you know, it has its pros and cons, right? Like it's hard to gain muscle, but you can gain muscle. Um, really easy to uh, shred down. Um, and, uh, with a good program and a good eating regimen, like being, you know, not forgetting to eat, but being on par with eating, it really changed, uh, changed everything for me. And so the first year I love that I, I competed in five federations, actually, um, I flew up to Canada. I was living in Boston. I flew up to Canada. I competed in, um, uh, uh, drug tested federation idfa um and i loved i loved uh, back in the day it was a really um a really uh, robust uh, uh federation i think it still is doing well i think it survived the, the covid i did an mpc i did i'm not an mpc but a, a opa which, which which would feed into sort of ipb i tried that and i tried their bikini i decided fitness i tried bikini um i tried this federation called saf um and I did the WFF and I, I um, won or placed in the top three in everything except for um, the WFF. The WFF, I, I was like in the last call outs of like four uh, call outs, but I just, um, I loved, uh, I loved, uh, I loved how competitive it was. I, I'm a competitive athlete and I, I loved how competitive it was. I loved seeing physiques that were really inspirational and, um, um, yeah, very feminine. So, um, yeah, it took me a couple of years to get my pro card with them. So I kept competing in other federations. I hired, um, a new coach who's now my husband. Um, and he, he meant he trained under, um, a really great Olympic coach and Olympian, um, Yannick, uh, in a place called the back cave in Montreal. Um, it's a little tiny, um, you'd love it, a really tiny little, uh, gym that just had stuff, old equipment, clanging equipment packed everywhere 
all these athletes coming in, a lot of them, you know, Olympic level athletes. Uh, so it was a really great place to, to learn and get a foundation on, um, on bodybuilding, on strength training. It was very, uh, it was very educated um, uh, uh, gym. Um, and of course, drug-free. So uh, you just really learn, you know, what has to be done to develop the body because um, you're just relying on nutrition, sleep, stress management, and, um, and really good programming. So that was how I got kind of got into it. That was my basic, ba uh, my start. And then I started um, blogging just about my journey with fitness and food. I created Your Healthy Hedonista. And um, it was just Facebook back then. And then, so I got into coaching because organically, um, a woman started to message me. I had, I think three or four, four gals say, listen, can you coach, coach us? And I, I can't remember exactly. I think I had already, was I already working with myself? I don't think I, I think I was kind of like, I've always kind of coached, coached myself, right? So I work with, with my husband, JJ, but I've always had a ton of input. Again, being an older athlete, being an athlete my whole life and really knowing my body has just been my, 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 uh, I've never completely handed over the reins to everybody because uh, it's my health. Um, and so I learned a lot from him. And I, so these gals asked me and I said, well, and it was all online. I was actually in Mexico at the time. And um, so these gals wrote to me and I said, well, listen, I was so skeptical of online. This was back in 2000 and early 2013, I think. I was so skeptical. I, so I said, well, listen, if you can get 10 girls together, let's I'll put up a thing. If we can get 10 women together and you guys agree to do six months, because I didn't believe in these, you know, little challenge. Good. I'm like, yeah. it's got to be six months, right? We, we're going to go in and we're going to pull the weeds out. We're going to do some work here. We're going to change. And um, you have to do, I had all these rules you had to do, right? Because I, I really didn't know how to bypass that tendency of people to give up after a certain period yeah. of time right and i'm like how am i going to help them stay accountable if i'm online right like how's that going to work so I, I was really so i made all these rules and um and so we, i started the first program and i had my husband help me i said okay jay like here's can i use this program can i change it with this you know can you look at the sets the reps like does this make sense in terms of volume know how important volume is and uh, making sure we're keeping the body and with the right you know selection of exercises and um he helped me with my meal plans when i first started i used his template the way we his his coach taught him and we so we, that's how we started out and it's evolved ever since it was a i remember i think it was month three it's always month three and i'm looking at i remember being in bed and i showed jay uh, on my computer i'm like oh my god look at these look at these women they're totally changing. It's working. Online is working. And he was working, you know, from eight in the morning till eight at night at the gym, clients coming in and, and you know how that, that goes. And I was doing everything, um, online. Um, I had one hour private calls back in that day. Um, because again, I was just worried about connection and, yeah. and, and, and all of that. And I didn't have the skill set that I had now, you know, where you can really start to get information and you know exactly what's going yeah. on with that client, where you need to go. So uh, it was an hour. So I had 10, 10 hour calls with them. No, there's no group calls. Um, and then it evolved to uh, twice, two, two programs every year. Um, and I'm just, it, and then I was coaching athletes. I had my first top, you know, pro athlete, uh, Janet Gates. She was uh, in her fifties, um, natural, right? So that's all my, I just do, uh, uh natural coaching. Um, and, uh, that was my first big client. She was phenomenal. Um, 
uh, incredible athlete. And I remember being really nervous, you know, wow, <laughs> like feeling like pressure. Like I really have to, you know, I really wanted to do a great job with her because um, she'd already arrived um, with such a great track record. And then I just started coaching more more athletes. It's, it's very successful with Janet. Um, and uh, I, I've only coached women. I've stuck solely with women, solely with natural um, all ages, but um, I think a lot of older gals gravitated towards me. Number one, because of my own age, my own personal success, and then yeah. two, because I was racking up all of the all of this great success with with um, you know the forty plus crowd, and it's the same story, right? Like I can't believe the changes, um, and uh, it's just you know this program changed my life, um, and uh, so it's been a really wonderful evolution. Now I do two big groups. I have an assistant that helps me. Um, we just do group calls, um, big Zoom calls, uh, and everything's now online. So I used to hand up PDFs, and now everything's, of course, with a beautiful um, – and there's there's many, many different good coaching platforms. My girlfriend, Hattie Boydell, um, convinced me to switch over to True Coach, and it, I've never looked back. It is just it has just brought online coaching to a whole other level, yeah. being able to really have a dashboard of every client and analyze their lifts. Um, that's a big one. Um, and uh, um, I take them through a, 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 there's a whole mindset curriculum to the program as well. Um, like the whole, we have a whole curriculum. It's been over six months. It's evolved over the, over the years. Um, one of my coaches, Annie Bedrosian really helped me um, with that. She was my assistant for several programs. And I said, listen, can we automate this? Can we systematize it so that we can start improving it yeah. instead of reinventing the wheel every time? I'm sure. You guys have done that with that uh, revive and, um, so that's been uh, great. And now I, I rotate different um, coaches, new coaches into the program to be my assistant so they can learn. They can be in on the calls, listening to how I coach um, and navigate, you know, challenging situations or, or how I teach some of the mindset work. Um, that's so crucial to the big changes and the, the lasting changes that we need to have. Um, and uh, yeah, so... So that's sort of how coaching happened. And um, it was a great year for me, um, uh, you know, through COVID, um, since we'd already been so established with online. Um, So all of our athletes, um, they all um, did fantastic. When there was a show, um, we just, everyone got a pro card. I mean, it's just been really great for us, except for for physique coaches, um, to see athletes that have had to go um, in and out of gyms uh, and, training at home um some of them with not a lot of equipment some of them with kids at home um to see uh, how strong their mindset was um and of course jay and i just had to pivot um which again i'm sure you had to do the same thing with taking um i i alone um at one point in time had 83 clients and so and they were all at different levels of um you know lifting abilities and different goals and sort of like one week i'd have 10 um, go from the gym to <laughs> to home and yeah. you know one would have one kettlebell one would have a couple of dumbbells and so it was just like i mean it was i was working around the clock it yeah. was uh but we then we so we created this whole uh programming for at-home training yeah um which was you know um and it was amazing to me too, as a coach, because I, I never used to uh, allow um, at-home training. I didn't think uh, for a woman it would be enough um, to get the change, especially with beginners. You know, with uh, 
you know, not having that neural drive to push hard and, um, you know, not having a good weight selection and already, um, I rely on machines a lot with beginners because they're stable, you know, you just change the pen and you're good to go. Um, so, uh, it was a real eye opener for me to see, wow, you know, uh, athletes could be successful treating at home with dumbbells. Of course, all my athletes went and got the, you know, adjustables up to 50 and all that stuff. Uh, but even my beginners, I was, I was one and a half months into a new cohort. So they always start in January. And by mid-February uh, in March, they were, they were almost all uh, at home training. And um, they, all, uh, they all continued to, to, to drop. Most of them were on weight loss. So they all continued to progress. It was amazing. So I learned a lot about that as a coach. I learned yeah. that when you could get it done in the, in the gym uh, at home, and maybe that was a good call for some people that, had really busy lifestyles because ultimately you want to encourage them to develop some kind of a, a program, a process that they can be successful yeah. on their own long-term. So that was great. Um, two, I discovered that I actually was good at writing at-home programs. So that was good. I had to grow, right? As a coach, I had yeah. to grow. Um, you, had to, you have to really start to play with like supersets and tempo and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, in three, um, I, I realized how fundamental um, the, the, the mindset work was to, to progress and also the, again, the nutrition and cardio um, really was the, was the driving factor. Um, and so now, you know, if, if I have to make a call between training and cardio and it's, it's fat loss we're after, sometimes I'll say, listen, I want you to get the cardio in. Um, uh, whereas before I wouldn't have done that before I was very much, you know, you got to get the training in. That's the most important thing. And um, especially for gals that aren't, like I said, don't have that neural drive and can't push hard. Um, and your focus is on, on, on fat loss. It's not always the right decision. Again, it's got to right. be aimed at the individual and the demographic, um, and what you're actually seeing with movement patterns. Um, so, and then of course, um, uh, my mom, uh, who's known, uh, as train with Joan. Um, I also learned a lot working with her too, about, um, you know, again, how, how important mindset is and, and how important um, communication and being really supportive, encouraging um, is to a person's progress uh, and looking at the big picture, looking at the long term. Um, you know, I have a sense of urgency. It's certainly how I live my life. Like I have a sense of real urgency yeah. now to get the get the get done what I need to, to get done in order to move forward. And um, sometimes that urgency is not appropriate for some people right that could push them um uh th- that could maybe push them away from their success and i think because my mom i'm because i was so emotionally invested in her i was really concerned about her health that's what really drove me to bring her on board to one of my transformation programs um even though i knew it was going to be an enormous amount of work for me um uh I had a real emotional investment in her being successful with that weight loss because uh, she was just, you know, headed down uh, the wrong road fast with her heart health. And um, it, so I really had to, um, I said to my husband, I said, if I ever thought I was impatient before, I realized how wrong I was. <laughs> like I have discovered depths of patience and compassion and, and talk about nuanced coaching, like knowing when to, 
pull back, knowing when to put like just um, how to get that person uh, to keep moving forward and not to get too frustrated um, and, and give up. So I learned a lot from that that I've really been able to apply um, to coaching um, now. And so I'm really grateful, grateful for that experience. And of course, I'm grateful for mom's um, incredible transformation. Now she's you know, I've learned again, and I've also learned a lot from from working with my mother. What's possible for women? So, I think yeah. before before my mom, I might have said, "Well, you know, I don't know about 70. 70 is pretty old." And I think my oldest client at that time was maybe fifty nine or fifty eight, and um, you know, she had a hysterectomy when she was in her forties. Um, so there was the hormonal aspect of that. Obese for, um, it, you know, it was. It, really hard it's really hard to, to find a picture of my mom in her adult life where she's not overweight really overweight it's really hard and um so she was you know you know really in that higher bmi for decades right decades and um she wasn't eating a lot of food and i, I say that to people all the time you know a lot of these especially women they they they, they put on this enormous amount of weight on not a lot of food it's why i get frustrated with uh, uh, macro calculators yeah. Hey, Pascal here. I just wanted to take the moment to talk about our membership site. Inside, you'll find a thriving forum, an extensive exercise library, courses, presentations, and research reviews. All I need you to do is hit the link in the description below and sign up. You know, I'm like, I don't know who they study, but it's certainly not my demographic that I yeah. specialize in. And, um, you know, there's some very well-known coaches out there that are so disparaging about women. You know, they've got these broken metabolisms or they've ruined their metabolisms by over dieting. And I never say that. I have gals coming to me in, even in their late forties, they're CEOs of companies. They've got kids in college. They run a, they run a tight ship, financially successful. They're not running around with these crippled metabolisms, you know, on a, on a, string about to, to die yeah. uh and with just some coaxing you know i and i i'm kind of like um you know i'm more like what menno says right i he's a, i know menno also works a lot with with lifestyle clients and i'm i'm really a fan of first cutting them down not to stage leanness but um i prefer to get their body on a routine trim the body fat off and then go to maintenance We'll spend like four weeks where I just feel like the body is, uh, we're really, you know, uh, dialed in with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, various metabolic processes and also how the person's mind is handling not being on a cut because that's can often throw a lot of people on a hiccup. Um, and then we start, um, we start the next plan and it's not always, it's very rarely a build. It's, it's usually just a very conservative um, um uh, increase in, in calories, but, but I really look a lot on, on metrics, your waist, hip and thigh, uh, metrics, your weight. And, um, I teach my gals how to take ab shots, right? The, after they get lean, I teach them how to take an ab shot. And, um, I think it's a very fun way for them to monitor their progress. And it's something that you can do for the rest of your life. Like, can I see my abs? Can I not, right. um, do I need to dial back? Do I need to tighten up or not? So I really use those to make my decisions. And that's how I do really individual-based coaching is with that data. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't know how many coaches do that, but um, I know some just go by a picture. Um, some just go by the scale weight. Uh, but I really like to look at all that, uh, all that data. And it also helps me um, create a degree of separation between um, the scale weight and emotions. I feel puffy, right? Um, 
and uh, what's actually happening with that with that person's body. So um, yeah, so uh, it's my mom really taught me working with my mom really taught me that there, there's uh, unlimited potential like the female body like even after it's survived you know cataclysmic lifestyle for decades um, and that. Uh, it's really important to be really slow um, with 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 pros, uh, not slow, but really make sure that the the client um, that we really work together on their mindset around celebrating the now, right? Because yeah. for sure, with my mom, the only time we did a diet, Steve, was that first year. That first year, we we full on um, did a diet. It was a little bit weird and wacky because I, the first diet I wrote for her was fourteen hundred and fifty calories. 200 pounds and we had a training day and an on-training day very modest so not not you know she always a hard worker but you know her waist was like 40 inches so she's not getting a lot of carbs and but she could never eat it all wow. and now what i tend to do is once i see that a client's really trying i we use the my macros app and so i can jump on at any time and look at what they're planning and I, we do uh, macro uh, macros per meal, not for the day, because um, I'm also trying to teach them, you know, how to create balanced meals. And um, I guide them too on, you know, I don't know if that's really tasty. What if we, you know, bring a condiment in or what if we, instead of having all egg whites, can we have some like an egg white with some ham or something in there? Um, so I really love the My Macros app, how it allows me to get in there and do that kind of coaching. Um, so I was looking at her macros and I mean, she just, she was like 900 calories. And she was trying it and she said, I'm just full. Um, I remember several times I'd see these coconut chewies, which is in my cookbook. And I said, mom, you can't eat, you can't eat. What are you doing eating cookies at, for meal four? And she said, well, it's in your cookbook. So I figured it was healthy. <laughs> I couldn't really argue with her <laughs> with that. And I said, well, at this point, as long as you're getting some calories in um, and there is protein in those cookies, you know, we'll uh, call it, we'll, we'll call it quit. We'll call it a win. Um, and uh, yeah, so now what I tend to do is after a couple of weeks, if the client's um, really not hitting, hitting um, their macros, um, even if they're progressing, I'll dial it back a little bit just so I have a paper trail um, of what that client was actually eating, especially for a long-term client like my, like my mom. I, I wish I'd had adjusted those diets just so I could open her files and see, okay, so we adjusted down to this and this is what she was able to actually eat and then we we made adjustments and so on. It's with yeah. my with my mom, I actually increased her her food, which very rarely happens. I want to underline that. And I'm not going to be saying, you know, you can eat more food and lose weight. Um, I don't have one client for who that's true. Um, and I've coached, uh, you know, over a thousand gals to success. Um, we 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 just basically got her eating more protein as she was yeah. able to eat eat more, and. Um, she eventually worked her way up to that original diet of 1450. And then I started to manipulate things, bringing her carbs down and just doing more low days. And then ultimately being able to bring the carbs back up as her weights got down uh, to, you know, 32, 31 um, inches. I do find significant changes in the, in the female body once we get that, uh, that waist circumference down and just better body composition. Yeah. Um, uh, not always, but a, a lot. Um, so yeah, it's my, my mom really her seeing and seeing her body change over the long term. Um, she never wanted to, to, to 
lose weight faster. So that first time she lost weight, she went to 155 pounds the first um, six months. And she was happy with that. She was like, it's a miracle. I remember I have these photos I took of her. She was flexing. I somehow managed to get her in her in her bathing suit outdoors, and I took these fabulous photos of her. And we, Steve, we were so impressed. We were like, "Wow, I can see her ab wall, right? We could just see, you know." And there was still some cellulite there and all that, but we could start to see the shape of the the bread basket. We could see like the shoulder a little bit, the shoulder cap, and her crazy triceps. We could start to see that shadow there, and um, and we were so excited. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, maybe she's going to lose another ten pounds or not, but she's happy here, and so yeah. we just sort of left her at calories and um and uh and she actually continued to lose a little bit more weight but when she came down with us because this was all online coaching she came down to visit us for a couple of weeks and pow when she was with us really in the routine because my husband and i were just i'm sure like you just really routine with it all Um, we love our food we love our protein it's easy and so she would see us planning our macros and doing food prep and um, she would join in and her body started to change fast. And I said to my husband, God, if we could just get her here for longer, um, just think what we could do. Because there's also, um, and this is something that I, that's also very dear to my heart, um, you know, with, with older people, I think we, our society pays lip service to how well we treat older people. But I saw my, my grandmother, um, you know, in a nursing home for the last three years of her life, I went there quite a bit to see her. And it's just awful, those nursing homes. I mean, it's just awful. And, um, and just seeing pe- older people in general, we're so busy now with, with our life. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of communication happening um, with uh, grandparents and uh, make, maybe on the weekend or once a month or at holidays, sure. but there's not the immersion um, across generations. And, um, we know that neuroplasticity uh, can be improved just with uh, interaction, um, learning new things. Um, so it was a big win for me to have my mom learning the app, even though it was a nightmare to teach her how to use yeah. it using Instagram. I thought, let's get her on Instagram. It'll be a great support system. And I'm always thinking of like that neuroplasticity, like, you know, learning where everything is and, um, you know, let's, let's see what, what happens there. And, and so when she would come down and be with Jay and I, we're always listening to podcasts like you guys and um, uh, learning, discussing, discussing clients, discussing protocols. Um, uh, she would just, she would just change. She would just become brighter, happier, um, less stressed, less prone to, uh, 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 you know, you know, like sort of like that real stressed behavior her body would change. Um, she gets spring in her step, uh, scares us sometimes how she swings her leg up over the bicycle and just yeah. like, mom, you are 70, you know? So that's been very interesting too, just how important, um, it is to have that community, uh, of people across ages. And I think with the, with the, with doing the group format with my, with my transformation programs, we do that as well because we have these calls uh, as a group and, um, the women interact and um, it really helps to stave off that feeling that you're on your own here, right? Especially if your husband's not doing it, your friends still want you to go out drinking with them. Here, you've got a pack of really accomplished, yeah. successful women <clears throat> that are all um, working on, uh, you know, their, 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 their bodies, their lifestyle. And um, so it's, uh, it becomes a really great uh, virtual 
community. And I think COVID taught everyone, you know, virtual relationships can be very real, very, very real if you put effort into them. For sure. Uh, so actually there's a lot to cover there. You actually covered a heck of a lot of the things I wanted to talk about. That's correct. I know you said you could, you could talk, which, and it was really nice to hear. I mean, that was a really nice kind of really where you started to where you are now and even like how COVID impacted you. And it's really interesting to know you actually got into the kind of fitness industry, a very similar time to me, uh, in that it was like 2013, 2014 was when I transitioned to being a personal trainer and yeah, online coaching wasn't really a big thing back then at all. So it sounds like you found your own way to keep it personal, which is the same as what we did with our kind of the way we coach. It's very, we try and keep that personal aspect because it's key to it. It's like you said, like to create that community, to create that bond, to really troubleshoot for that client as an individual and everyone has their own issues and uh, they have, like you mentioned, their own different pieces of equipment that they can have at home and things. So uh, yeah, it's something I did want to touch on though and something you made that I think is really worth just for the listeners to hear because I think I hear it more from men but I imagine it's big for females as well. I mean, it's big for females anyway in terms of like, it's kind of still a bit new for them to be in the gym, lifting, eating protein and kind of building their body up. But particularly, I guess, probably even more so for the older one. But a lot of men think, oh, once I'm like, I don't know, in my 30s or in my 40s, like I'm past it. It's like, no, no, no. And this is your mother who you said, she. so she started lifting after you. So she she hadn't been, she hasn't been lifting longer than you. She's been lifting for less time. Yeah, people get a little bit backwards, and she's not a coach either, uh, yeah. or, tra- or a trainer. We say train with Joan more for the inspiration of, of train with Joan. And that's yeah, her she- Instagram. If people are listening and they aren't aware of her, like she's got a huge following as well. Yeah, we when we walk down the beach with her, people will run up, and her her, her followers are mostly uh, twenty five to uh, forty five year olds. Just I think because that's the demographic for Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny because Jay and I are like. <laughs> Like my, we're so eclipsed by my mom. It's just the funniest thing. Um, it's really, it's, it's, it's a beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see how somebody's journey can be such an inspiration to so many other people. For sure. And I think the, it's really nice as well that you have kind of the, the chef background and you mentioned it's macro based, but you're making sure people have like the fundamentals each meal. It's not like they're hitting their protein through whey protein through their first meal and then having like a tub of Ben and Jerry's at night, like to hit these numbers, but it's really personalizing every element to, towards them. And do you think it for a lot of these like older females, do you have many who have been going for like a very long time? Or do you think there's a lot of kind of the newbie gains because they haven't trained before. So they kind of see a bit of a recomp after that fat loss phase or what do you kind of see there? How's their rate of development after like years of doing it? Do they still see what you might experience, do you think you'd experience when you're younger? Is there, there are, are there any key differences, I guess, in working with them, I guess, is the, the route I'm going down. Uh, okay, so older you mean what age exactly? Because so, I'm 50. Should Hello. we say like, for, for, like, not, not, like, it's not old, but like 40 plus, say. Is there any 45. kind of key considerations for that individual or do you find a lot of the fundamentals tend to cross transfer well? Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. So there's no, um, I get this question a lot um, from women, you know, like, help me. I have menopause and you're an expert with girls in menopause. And I'm like, no, no, no. Now I put a post up recently because I'm like, God, 
stop thinking like that, right? Um, yes, there's a sharp fall off in, in estrogen, and we know that estrogen is really important for um, you know insulin sensitivity and uh, uh, skeletal muscle. Um, but uh, the female body is incredible at um, uh, at, at um, making adjustments in order to continue to function at a very high level with changes in hormones. Um, it happens to girls when they s- suddenly start you know, having a lot of estrogen and then, it, and, and, you know, they're able to put on muscle even before puberty or function well, both and eat carbs and all that. Um, and they are able to do the same thing post. Um, so, so there's nothing specific that we do in terms of nutrition and training, um, for age. It's really based on the individual. Um, so, uh, uh, and, so if you have um, a lot of body fat to lose, uh, it doesn't really matter what your body type is, ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph, the focus is on um, getting that body fat down. And we know that the, the more body fat you have and the less muscle mass you have, um, the less, um, you know, the, the less insulin sensitivity you're going to have, um, the less... Uh, the less muscle mass you have, and again, the the lower your neural drive, your ability to truly train at high intensity, um, um, we know that there's probably going to be less insulin sensitivity there as well. So um, uh, I'm really looking at um, how that person's listing. So when they apply to work, they're going to send a, um, and correct me if I've gone off on a tangent, but I'll, I'll, they'll look at their, their a couple of lifts, right? I, I like to look at their squat. Cool. Um, if I can tell just by how they're squatting, what I've got to work with there, um, and, um, like a push up, right. So, um, which is usually like a f- fail or, or, or not. Um, so that kind of tells me what, what, what I have to work with. And then also then if they're at home, what kind of equipment that they have. Um, so obviously if they don't have a, you know, a lot of equipment and, their squat mechanics are really poor. I know that, um, and they're uh, very, very overweight well, right there. Um, and um, usually the older a woman gets, gotta be careful how I say this, the older a woman gets, be following a normal life, a normal female aging pattern, right? So eating like a regular person, um, not knowing about protein and yeah. how to dose that out, just a regular person. Um, they their appetite tends to their metabolic rate goes down, and absolutely you'll see like more adiposity and less you know muscle uh, less muscle mass. Um, their their caloric intake goes down as well. So you'll see all of these you know down regulations in um, in the body. Um, I would argue that I I don't think it's causal. I think lifestyle, um, it's yeah. certainly when I see the, what I'm seeing with females, and I think there was a recent study out, right. That, that said like, Oh, well, sarcopenia could actually be uh, reversed with just a basic, you just got to train, yeah. right. Like, hello and eat, eat properly. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, I'll make a decision based on, on those factors versus looking at their, their age. Um, one thing that I do see, with, with, if I get two clients writing to me and one is 30 and they have pretty much this similar, let's say similar training and, um, measurements and, uh, caloric, um, intake. So I've got a 30 year old and a six year old and food logs are kind of funny, right? Like I'm sure you get food logs and you're like, 
I'm a real detective with food. I've been, I've been in seeing food as numbers for so long. Right. So I'll see something. I'm like, well, that can't possibly have no fat or like, I don't see the protein. This was a wheat based product. I don't see any protein logged here. Or um, like, does that make sense that she ate like 10 grams of beet Um, or, you know, like I'm just always thinking like that. And um, so if I get two food logs and they're both supposed to be 1700 calories, um, when I write a first baseline diet, I don't know how you guys do things, but what I like to do is write a baseline diet. That means the, the diet's going to be isocaloric. Right. So based on what they said they're eating, I match those calories, but I just abrogate over the macros and I get them on five meals pretty much, you know, 99% do five meals. Some do six because the protein's so high and um, some do four, um, maybe just because their calories are so low. Um, but I do try to do, I do try to do five just because how it spreads out throughout the day, eating every three meals with most people's sleep schedule. Um, I'll probably with the younger gal air a little bit higher. So if she said she was eating 1750, I'll probably do a diet that's 1750. The 60 year old, if I think, you know, like, I don't think that was a really good food log, I'll probably go down maybe to 1600 or so just because in my experience, um, I have not had an older gal not get a diet with that protein and just like really not be able to eat the food. So like really not, like I can't eat that food, right? So the, the whole fifth meal is just gone yeah. and they're still stuffed on the four meals. So, um, and that, that I think is less to do again, like I said, with age, because the gals that we've done the cut and then we reversed, they, they're eating like stupid X factors. <laughs> Like not all of them, but a lot of them, Steve, we're talking, they might've started on a, you know, feeling stuffed at 1500 calories. We lost 10 pounds of body fat or we lost 30 pounds of body fat. And now they're eating, you know, like X factor. So I call it X factor. Um, how many calories per pound you're eating. Okay. So they'll end up, um, in, I think most gals will start. Um, yeah. Anyways, let's not go there. So they'll be eating, um, like an X factor of 16 to 20 calories per pound. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, which is per pound, right? So, I mean, that's a huge, that's very robust. I mean, you know, the average person could not keep up with a lot of my older clients, what what they're eating. Um, So, so again, I'm just like, you know, I'll wait for the science to catch up with what I'm seeing. I mean, I just see it again and again and again. um, And I do think that a lot of the research is, um, we know there's problems anyways with running research in a college situation with uh, funding limitations and all that but the demographics totally different um as well and um um i don't think the yeah so i think when people start studying what i'm seeing it's going to be really exciting and until that happens um, i'm hoping more and more of my clients are getting out there and spreading that real positive narrative that um, it's not over i mean yeah 40 50 is not older so, yeah, so I, I don't really see a, a difference in age other than maybe that, but I, I said, I think it's more lifestyle versus more um, nurture versus nature Yeah. Um, with food, with caloric intake um, and training uh, as well. Uh, I'm not seeing um, a, a, a difference. Um, most of the gals that are older are beginners, um, not all of them, um, but beginner in the sense you can be training in the gym. Um, uh, but not um, purposeful training, yeah. not progressive overload, yeah. not great range of motion, good biomechanics, that kind of a thing, right? So, I mean, you're a beginner until, you know, you could demonstrate to a great degree um, basic lifts. And it, I think the ability to create tension, especially on the negative, 
that's one thing that I really feel kind of demarcates a beginner lifter from a more intermediate lifter, right? So I mean, a lot of people, yeah, they just don't know how to um, lower a weight um, with good tension. Um, it's just kind of missing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, it's so from that standpoint, you know, my younger gals um, are starting, I think, because it's with Instagram, social media um, and just how, you know, socialization maybe is a little bit different, maybe a little bit different now. Like you could be a young girl and maybe be a national level or pro level soccer player. Right. So um, whereas that that probably wasn't the case 50 years ago. So they're often coming with uh, some pretty good lifting lifting skills. Cool. Um, and some of my forty year olds too are killing it. They'll come with great lifting skills. Um, but it's maybe a, it's for sure a little. A, it's less so in the fifty to sixties. Yeah. Um, so I do see that as a as a as a difference. So, but then again, it's the same thing. Programming is is again, it's more lifestyle. It's more nurture versus nature. Um, that that's the situation. Um, and uh, so I would adjust the programming based on that, not because they're older per se. Hi guys, Steve here. Just wanted to take a moment of your time to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we pride ourselves on providing personalized service that will take your physique and knowledge to the next level. If you're interested, check the description and sign up. Yeah, no, I, I really like that answer because I mean, from a coaching perspective, at least, if you understand the principles, it makes the application then for an older client a little bit more simple in that I think the same way for like males and females, there's not like a huge distinct difference between the two sexes. It's a case of you kind of use the principles that you understand in terms of volume, frequency, exercise selection, what their preferences are, what they want to grow. And you apply that to the male or to the female. Same with the nutrition, like males aren't, I mean, females aren't just small males, but a lot of the fundamentals in terms of how much protein they need and how much fat they consume and those sort of things they're individual to that person and their body size and what their goals are and it's less so it's the fact they're female the fact they're male or the fact they're old or the fact they're young it's like you can you always have to individualize to the person it's not like they're special or like a special snowflake i guess would be the saying that i'm looking for it's very much you apply your same coaching hat to that 30 year old as you are to that 60 year old is that fair uh, well, it's, I, I'm going to be a, I saw a face. So, well, it's kind of a yes and a no, because <laughs> there, there, it, it, we actually do really focus on the individual. Um, so in a sense, they, they are a special snowflake, but not to the point where, um, um, there's a vast difference in like programming and nutrition. Yeah. Um, but you'll often hear me saying stuff at home, like, well, I don't think that coach works with women. Right. Because I'll see them do something that to me, I'm like, uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's too, it's too aggressive or too capricious. Um, I tend to be a lot more conservative, um, uh, with like macro changes, for example, um, because I find the female body, um, um, can be uh god it's, i love i love the female body i mean it's complicated it's harder Fe- the whole it's, it's muscle gain fat loss it's all yeah. harder for females i agree it's 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 harder and yet they can go they can go a lot a lot of times not not everyone right but the, um the female the female body can can push can push like or sometimes i think maybe a guy might not be able to keep up like my the programming that i do my husband every now and again will will try to do what I do, and he's just he's hates it. He's dead. Absolutely, yeah. He's dead, and um and I I, I push my RP like hard. 
So it's not because I'm like, you know, knitting in the, on the leg press. Um, I'm probably one of the noisiest lifters at the gym. Uh, but so it's the ability to handle volume, even as I've aged, just being able to pound that volume and a lot of, uh, um, you know, special, uh, you know, metabolite type training drops at supersets, partials at the end range of motion and, and stuff like that. Um, so, but that, that's, again, it's very individual. So part of it is just, you know, so individual in the sense of, but we can make generalizations, right? So, so I want to kind of say that, right? So how long has the person been training and how comfortable are they with pushing a high RPE? right? Or lifting heavy in general. Like how, what's the, what's the fear factor? I have some gals that are very, very, very nervous, which I am not. So I have to under, wrap my head around it. They're very, very nervous, but squatting on their own, very, very nervous about unracking the, unracking a bench press on their own. Um, so making decisions really tailored to where's that person at sort of psychologically, their lifting experience. Um, some gals, I'll just give them one type of diet day. Why? Because they're struggling with meal planning and adherence, right? So I'm not going to give them three types of macro days, whereas I can comfortably run seven different macro days. Like I can really individualize things. So there's a lot of psychological component on that in being able to take a step back and say, well, what's the win here? What do I, what do I need to have to accomplish with this client? And then, um, and then making that decision. And that's how I coach. That's why I mentor my court coaches, right? Like I'll, I'll, I want to know, you know, before we make a macro change with a client, um, or a uh, program change with this client, I really want to get a good snapshot what's going on with that with that girl and where she having trouble with, right? So we're really making sure that we target it for the for the woman. So there's a, a lot of maybe psychological or background stuff that comes into play with with why um, we would program or do a diet um, for a particular individual. It's not just with the body. So there's a lot of individualization there. And maybe, maybe there's more psychological differences between men and women. Maybe I don't coach men, but I do kind of have my head over the shoulder of what Jay's doing with his guys. My husband and I are very different personality types as well. Um, so seeing how we handle training and the stress of dieting and all of that's interesting. And we talk you know, the two of us every day, we're, we're talking about, we're both, we love coaching. Um, we're on our computers all day and we love what we do. Um, so it's not, not hard. We'd have no resentment there. So yeah. it's, it's a great, um, um, I don't know, like a Petri dish of like learning and experimenting and uh, with clients and what works and what doesn't work. So it, it's, it's, there is individualization, but it's maybe not, maybe some of it's based on differences between the sexes um i think a lot more is based on like i said at nurture versus nature um and then maybe there's a little bit of nature right like again women tend to we're smaller less muscle mass we tend to be able to handle higher volume um more even my strong athletes you know you could say oh well maybe that's because they're not really again aren't able to push heavy weight but i've got some you know usapl lifters one of them is one of my coach lizzie picardi um she's little she's five feet tall or five one sorry lizzie um but she's you know she um deadlifts i don't know like 280 pounds for sets of eight or something right like she's just strong she does 10 ups with 45 pounds that's almost um almost half of her body weight no problem i mean she's so strong and she can go forever 
Um, she loves doing these crazy, I'm always trying to get her to pull back on her cardio and she loves doing these, you know, three hour bike rides on the weekend coach. I'm like, can we pull back a little bit? We're in, we're, we're in prep. Where, where are we going to go with cardio if you're already doing three hours on the weekend? So there, you know, maybe there's something there and, um, and with just that less muscle mass on the frame, um, you know, probably a difference in insulin sensitivity, probably. Um, and at least in terms of load of food, but again, then I, if I have to catch myself and say, well, I have so many gals, I just pound so much carbs. I mean, just crazy high levels. Um, and my husband and I, he's, he's 11 years younger than me. And we're kind of always on the same X factor when it comes to dieting and building. And he's, you know, half Haitian, um, been an athlete his whole life, um, like squeaky clean habits. I'm 50, menopause. I mean, but we have the same X factor. How many calories per pound it takes? In fact, my X factor was higher than him on our last prep. I was eating more than him per pound, um, significantly more. So, but but in terms of the soci- how we're socialized, especially again, the older gals, I see vast differences, right? So for instance, um, just not being encouraged to be athletic, right? Right. Um, and not, you know, maybe when you're younger, just, you know, not picking up things and moving things and just really maybe being um, really in your body uh, and taking full advantage of its mechanical potential. What I find for squats, for example, I always see girls um, feeling good squat mechanics the same way. And um, it's like their ability to maintain their brace and um, their tension at the at the deep flex position of the, the truly flex position of the of the joint so it's going to be at the bottom so you can look at it that way and the muscles are at their maximal stretch position right and when we get when we get close to parallel i just you'll see them just they'll just you'll they'll lose their brace and some you know some gals will come and train with me at my gym here in Tulum, and i'll be behind them like you know okay fire your glute meats and they'll fire them at the top and spread the floor and we'll go down and they get halfway down and pow they're they're just they lose all tension there um whereas i and a lot of gals will get coached by trainers this happens all the time oh you lack flexibility right oh my hip i lack i lack flexibility in my hips so they're getting all these you know you gotta work on your hip flexibility and or ankle ankle mobility i one of my coaches annie had this trainer that was like oh you know you can't squat because you have ankle flexibility Annie's a yoga teacher like she has no problem with dorsiflexion it's weakness it's the inability to maintain tension as the muscle yeah. gets stretched right that's what i'm seeing so i coach that um so but again that's i think it's more uh, uh, a factor of um how we're socialized versus the actual anatomy because of course once we correct that um it's you know, and you can see, right, when your athlete suddenly gets it, right? Like they're kind of wobbling going down and you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't look right. And you're looking at their back angle and you're getting them to track bar path and spread the floor and all that stuff. You give them all the box squats and maybe squats from pins and things to get them confident and stronger at the bottom of the lift. And then they suddenly get it. And you just know, oh, we're going to put on 20 pounds on the bar in the next, yeah. in the next six. So you just know that their lifts are going to just skyrocket because now they're able to to, to, to maintain that, maintain tension as they, as they descend. 
So, and then of course their mind starts to change. They start being afraid of the squat and having a weight on their back and they get confident. Same thing with the bench. Most girls cannot keep tension on their, on, on their, their musculature as they bring that bar down, they just drop it, right? Or they try to bounce. And so I give them a ton of tempo work, right? Yeah, Tons yeah. of tempo, long pauses. Like you're going to learn how to stay tight at the bottom. Anyway, so there, yes and no. I can, no, I, I know where you're coming from. I guess, uh, and I completely agree with everything you said there. Like uh, women normally can handle more volume and like the various things you're talking about there, I, I think make a lot of sense. I, I guess I'm coming from the perspective of some people are like, I don't know, a woman has to train with, you know, high vol, like not high volume, like certain exercises are unique to women. But you're like talking about a squat, a bench press. Like men and women are using like the same principle, fundamental like compound movements. Is just the application then is going to be individualized into how are they recovering, how they're responding to it, that totally. sort of thing. Same like yeah. calorie deficit, it works. It's not a case of like I don't know, you have to go on a special somewhat diet or something. It's like the same kind of principles in terms of like getting their works. Uh, I, I was interested actually, is something you monitor with your clients' step counts or do you keep getting awareness of like their non-exercise activity thermogenesis? Just because yes. from what you're saying, I wonder if that's something they really change because to have that many calories, I imagine like that X factor you were mentioning, I wonder if a lot of them like change their lifestyle to be way more active. Uh, yeah, we do. We do. We do step counts for sure. Um, I think it's been a couple of years now. Um, I first I like to try things out myself. Um, so, of course, that's the beauty of uh, listening to podcasts and, and, and reading um, art, articles as you, you get exposed to all this information. And, and at first I thought off oh, step counts. Um, I remember reading about steps way back when. Um, uh, Christian Thibodeau, uh, T Nation. That's what that that was like the site that I used to get a lot of information from. And I remember him talking about how important it was to do steps. And back in the day when I first started, I used to do a lot of steps naturally um, because I lived in Boston, which is a walking town. And um, and then, but I never really pursued it for years and years and years. And then um, I think uh, I think two years ago um, we decided to to start tracking that. And I think I was maybe I was listening to something that you were you were interviewing somebody on that. So we got our little watches and um started to track steps and i actually fell in love with the psychological benefit of it um it was another um metric to own and you kind of relax um knowing that you'd hit that and that you weren't you know adapting um by doing less uh, as the diet progressed and then um as a coach when i started to dispense that steps it really um it really um, became a very powerful tool in the sense that some people, you know, they maybe can't uh, change their cardio. They can't do more cardio, but we can monitor their steps. Yeah. Um, and again, also looking at things that were, you, you could maintain it for, for the long-term for lifestyle clients. It was just a really, really powerful tool um, and something that the client can get excited about. And I like numbers. I think uh, for a lot of people having something that, you know, is measurable and they can see it and have that feeling of accomplishment. Um, it's a it's a great box to tick to put in people's um, toolbox. You know, let's look at this. Let's keep it constant. Yeah. Um, I actually will uh, on a diet phase. I'll usually I usually start people um, at three thousand steps. Kind of that's my sort of baseline. Let's start at three thousand, and then um, once we start to hit stalls, I'll tend to jump that up. So um, I usually go three thousand to five thousand, um, and then eventually we'll go up to maybe seven, eight. And at the top, we'll go up to 10, right? At the, at the top end, we'd go up to 10. And then when we do a reverse diet, we dial that back. 
So once the cut's done, we actually will dial that back. And how much we dial it back depends on the client, how lean they got. If they didn't get super lean, um, we're probably always going to do, be doing some cardio and, um, and a step count, maybe 5,000 or something. And maybe five days a week of, you know, 20, 25 minutes of cardio, something like that. Right. If they don't get really lean. Um, and, but some people go down, you know, my gals that are building, um, they, they'll go down to zero. Um, I'll go down to zero, no steps. I'm just, you know, I'll just lie in my bed just and sleep. work on my yeah. computer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you get, you went incidental, right? I, I've actually go down to less than 2000 um, when I really work at it. I don't know how you get them that low. <laughs> I'm on my computer all day. I'm telling you, right? I'm like, every now and again, I'll go to the beach, I'll take a picture. And that's usually like a cardio or something. Or if I'm my off season, I'll take my, my, my moped. But so I do like steps um, a lot for, for, for that. Yeah. Fantastic. I also look at heart rate. Um, okay. during, during training, it's another way to monitor, um, uh, clients intensity and to teach them. Um, so, I mean, and there's a difference, right, Steve, between, you know, I have athletes that are, they've been training, they know intensity. I mean, you yeah. just give them the program and the green light and they just go kill it. Um, it, these sort of details are a bit more for the more beginner person that doesn't know how to be an athlete yet. They're, they're, they, they just think they're doing another diet. And I'm like, no, you're not. We're going to turn you into an athlete. That's what I want. We stop dieting and we go to the gym with purpose. And so we'll look at heart rate. Like how long is it taking you to do this training? It's taking you two hours. We got to talk about how you're setting things up. These are 60 minute workouts, maybe 70 minutes with warm up and cool down and whatnot. Um, but I want you moving through these um, and really paying attention to the rest period. So what's your heart rate? Wait, where, what, where do you get your heart rate at uh, on leg day? Do you get it up to, you know, anywhere kind of high, like yeah, at least 135 beats per minute or you know, I've got some gals get their heart rate up to 170 beats per minute, 165 beats per minute in a squat session, right? Very, that's easy to do if you're really killing it. Um, so, so we'll look at that, um, uh, how long it took, how many calories you burn. Yeah, not for the purpose of burning calories, yeah. but how, how hard are you pushing in this workout? So we'll coach them through that and get them excited about getting those numbers to change. And it's another way to look at progress. Are you getting better? Are you getting stronger? Are you getting better? um so interesting yeah. that's really cool and i think um i've we have been an hour and I, i'm sure we could keep talking for ages here michelle but uh, i do want to let you get on with your day and uh, i want to thank you for coming on and actually just as a like it's really cool to hear about your coaching process and if anything was to be taken home from that how individualized it is how you're looking into uh, what people are eating when they're eating like what are the different people's like even down to like heart rate how is that appropriate for that level of advancement we need to be looking at something else taking that individual into consideration which is what true coaching is uh, and unfortunately online that can definitely go so it's really cool to know you've actually got like a group doing it but you can dig into the individual level at this detail which i think is fantastic and then obviously the fact that like older generations particularly women can go and flourish and develop amazing physiques and ultimately be healthier happier and in control of their bodies and i think it's great that you're educating that demographic and also like lots of the listeners here who maybe don't fit that they can still learn from the information and content you're putting out so yeah thank you for coming on if people want to learn more where can they head michelle 
Uh, we post a lot of information um, on our coaching platform, The Wonder Woman Official. Um, and then I post a lot as well on um, my Instagram, or Healthy Hedonista. Um, and our website's getting revamped. So there'll be a lot of articles and information there. And we also have plans next year for a podcast. I'm writing a book uh, with my mother. Um, uh, so that'll be out next year. That's going to be through Penguin uh, Random House. So that's oh, going to wow, be really very exciting. Cool hardcover book yeah so sorry i remember yeah we were going to bring it up but at least it's coming now maybe maybe once <laughs> it's further in the works we can get you on again and talk about it even more yeah so but anyways those will be the channels um website instagram a lot right now and uh and then eventually the book and podcasting for sure next next year is going to be something that we're excited to sink our teeth into um yeah. And we've got Fantastic. some some curriculum happening, too, that will be available through NAS Academy. Um, and that will be in sort of mid-2022 will be coming out. So people can take courses and learn how to do macros and create recipes and meal plans. Um, so we really want to help a broader audience uh, yeah. to be confident with that stuff. Thanks for Fantastic. thanks for having me on. It's no, been for sure. great. I mean, I sure. listen to you all the time. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'll make sure that's all linked below so people can go check that out. And uh, yeah, thank you again for coming on and we'll talk to you guys soon. So I'm Steve Hall, founder of Revive Stronger and a coach of Revive Stronger. My name is Pascal Floor. I'm the co-owner of Revive Stronger and also a coach, of course. Revive Stronger has probably been going solidly for three years, probably roughly about three years. Revive Stronger to me, it is becoming kind of my child, my foster child. It's the gathering and getting together of like-minded people. We've been expanding the coaching team, which is helping us help more people, uh, but each coach can only help a certain number of people. Right now, it's all over the place. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, but there isn't that community aspect behind that. And so the next step for us is developing a membership site. So basically we want to create a family and a community that is then benefiting from another. A really cool community for people within our little niche is going to be a website. They will get early access to our podcast. You can access us, ask us questions, the community aspect. We have a forum there. You can ask questions, but also you can, you can lock your journey. It's also going to be courses on there, courses, presentations on different topics, discount of past seminar footage. We will log our journey as well. We'll start vlogging. We're gonna have documentaries, our entire athletic journey. Furthermore, they get access to an exercise video library. The exercises that we love for hypertrophy and maximizing hypertrophy, we're gonna go through those in depth, telling you how to execute them. We kept them concise and also mobile friendly so that you can watch them in between your sets. I'm super excited to grow this community. The amount of value that we're going to be delivering is huge. And I'd love you to be part of it. You will get so much out of that. I'll see you inside.